and fifty, I still wouldn't buy it. What would you buy it for? I think I'd I think I'd send him a message and say, I'll actually give you eight hundred and fifty dollars to destroy this and send me the footage. <laughs> Burn it and send me the footage, and I'll I'll Venmo you eight hundred and fifty dollars. Just getting on people Facebook Marketplace and harassing people about their <laughs> just dunking on people's weak about shit their shit. Yeah, up. this shit's. Are sucks. we recording? I don't know. We're always recording. Wow. Okay. You want me to hit record? Sure. Yeah, I'm hitting. I uh, dude, I got your ass. I hit record fucking sixty ago. seconds ago, oh, bitch. Damn, bro. Just, just getting, just scrolling Facebook Marketplace and just saying, nice credenza, looks like absolute shit. <laughs> oh man! Now, now, who in their right mind's gonna buy uh, your set of lawn gnomes for six hundred dollars? You fucking freak! Kill yourself. <laughs> this is like, um, weren't we talking yesterday about like going to the bank? Laughing all the way. Yeah, laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> Going to the bank and getting $300 out and then just pushing it right back across the teller's desk and saying, now I want to deposit $300. <laughs> just keep doing that. <laughs> and now I would like to withdraw $300. Uh, just just <laughs> until, they, until they absolutely break. <laughs> they call security. Like what? Is I'm this is my money. I'm just moving my money around. Listen, am I not a valued customer of I'm, Fidelity Investments? <laughs> I'm making fucking money moves, motherfucker. And <laughs> my money, I'll do what the fuck I want. <laughs> but like getting three hundred out and taking one of the hundred dollar bills and then p- replacing it with a hundred dollar bill in your wallet and then it's not the same. No, it's no, a it's, different three hundred dollars. It's a different three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Like, sir, what is the point of this? What are you trying to prove? <laughs> it's like, I got money. I got fucking money. That's what we need to be. We need to be like uh, tricksters like that. Yeah. Dude. Like that <laughs> so that documentary, that dude, Mr. Organ or whatever. No. The guy that like, he like fucks with people with like cars and stuff. Like towing, I think is his thing. What does he do? I've not seen it. I've just heard about it. But, but his name is Organ? Yeah. I was expect- expecting something to do with Organ. No, like his last body. name is just Organ. Interesting. And he's like a sociopath that like ties people up in like small claims court <laughs> for like. Reminds me of Ellis Keys. You know, Ellis Keys would do that. Oh yeah, that kind of thing. Why do people do that? I don't know. It's, what's the little demon that <laughs> makes us just take out three hundred, put it right back in? <laughs> That's because we. We're diabolical. <laughs> fucking diabolical, bitch. Like, why are you doing this? Because I'm, I'm fucking diabolical. <laughs> and this is my fucking money. I'm the, jo- I'm the Joker, baby. I'm the, I'm the Joker and I'm diabolical. And this is my money. Oh, God. <laughs> now I got anything else today, sir? Yeah, just one more thing. One more thing. I'd like to put this right back in. <laughs> <laughs> Just like not, like I, like the bank teller is like I would literally rather be robbed. I would literally rather a bank robber come <laughs> Does in. Does anybody have a gun in here? 
Please stick me up. <laughs> Anything besides shoot, this. Shoot me in the leg. You don't even have to have a getaway driver. We won't stop you. Or they're used to they're used to people like that, and they just have a button to hit. They say, "Guy um, withdrawing and immediately depositing," and then just two guys come just absolutely beat the hell out of you in the back like old Vegas. Uh-huh. <laughs> Smash your hands with a hammer. <laughs> Yeah, you'll think twice before taking that your own money and putting it right back in, won't you? You cut. You show up at pub night with your boys, and your fingers are all broken and twenty mangled. You did the bang thing again, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Another day of unemployment. <laughs> I'm making it everybody else's problem. <laughs> <laughs> on the way out your hands are just mangled and you just say you guys are hiring <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> i would do you can do that if you work at a bank because like the thing is is like i grew up with this dude who got fired from a pharmacy for stealing pills obviously and taking I, them imagine home. that imagine that. during the opioid era yeah, yeah. you don't say i don't know how any seg- segue i don't know how anybody worked at a pharmacy during those years and like didn't steal you know, I I would still like, I probably wouldn't even be stealing the good stuff. I would be stealing like antibiotics for my family. <laughs> These are for my family. Uh, now that's what you because things are so bad. That's what you'd be doing. Yeah, and I just need to, for a rainy day. <laughs> no, just because I'm diabolical and I'm trying to contribute to antibacterial or oh, antibiotic yeah. resistant bacteria. Yeah, so you make your whole family take unnecessary antibiotics. <laughs> exactly, and everybody around you. Exactly, they're like we have diarrhea all the time, and I'm like, that's right, that's your biome. <laughs> that's your that's your biome disintegrating <laughs> right before your eyes. <laughs> your fucking gut, gut flora and fauna. <laughs> Better eat some Activia yogurt, bitch. <laughs> Better get them good bugs built back up. Here, it's almost time for your six o'clock dose. <laughs> but but here's the thing: if you work at a bank and you take three hundred dollars on, you say that's my money. Yeah, that's my money. It's in the bank. And just say, listen, all I was trying to do was demonstrate to the manager here that I understand the basic <laughs> mechanics of banking. I can I do understand that. withdrawals. <laughs> I understand deposits. And y'all had to go break my goddamn hands over it. <laughs> oh man, we're sorry, Mister Ray. Uh, here, here, here's a lollipop. Would you like a job? <laughs> I was just trying to demonstrate. I know basic ledger principles. Ledger principles. Yeah. Is that where I went? Ledger, yeah. I don't know. I took accounting in high school, but um, I didn't really do much in there. I just looked up, like, pictures of soccer players. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. There's a computers in there, and so I would look up pictures of Diego Maradona, and he'd be scoring goals. And I'd be like, this is cool. This Dude, this was before YouTube. The most you got was E-Bombs World, and there's no way our fucking computers at the high school were letting us do that. Yeah, or the the Hun. So the best you could do was look up pictures. I know this sounds really stupid, but like these back in the day, that's what you did. You looked up pictures of your favorite stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Your favorite ball player. You're like, there he is. He's swinging the bat. And then you had to imagine in your brain what it was like when he was actually scoring the goal. I act like I didn't do that, too. Yeah, dude. That's what you did. You were like, wow, Diego Maradona. Look at him. He's so cool. Yeah, he's so cool. He does cocaine. He has Che Guevara on his arm. That's right. <laughs> so that's what I did in accounting. I looked up I looked up pictures of like Tool, the yeah. band. Yeah. The the band Tool, Diego Maradona. Yeah. And 
trying to think of what else. Did I was you in. Google hole picks? Hole but thinking you're going to get like Courtney Love's band. Oh yeah, and like to like, say oh. you could have plausible deniability. Yeah, like if, <laughs> hole, your, hole if your teacher pick. was like, "Why? Who's okay? Who? Who the fuck was looking at hole picks on the computer yeah. again?" <laughs> Courtney Love, really? Yeah, that's what you're looking for, Mister. That's Mr. what Ray. you're looking for. That's bullshit, <laughs> man. No, I, I got one, I got one for you. Just a little hypothetical. I need you to run with real quick. Bob, Di- diabolical Bob Dylan. Diabolical. Okay. And we can't go down to Dom. Now, hold on a second. <laughs> just one more time before we go. Just so everybody knows, we recorded an over-hour episode where it was just us <laughs> trading the worst imitations of Bob Dylan, uh, Jimmy Page, and Dave Matthews as if they were, <laughs> respectively, the President of the United States, <laughs> the Prime Minister it of England, it and the sec- U.S. Secretary of State. It would have worked if you had headphones... And if we had done it last night, you're right. I'm on. We're we're just on two different frequencies earlier. It's so hard when one person has headphones and one doesn't. When we record here, if you can't hear the ghost of Joe Diffie, you might as well just sit it out. You got to just might as well. Pack hey it man, in. it's a solo episode. I'm being here. <laughs> so listen, it's a diabolical Bob Dylan. Okay. And he's given his whole family unnecessary antibiotics to <laughs> spur along the development of superbugs. Okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you leave the soil? Why'd you leave the toilet seat down again, Jacob? <laughs> Why'd you leave the toilet? It's like it's like you know I've got the, the liquid shits and I come running in here and I just expect to put my ass down and I sit down on the closed toilet and I just shit all over the top of the toilet. Why'd you leave the toilet seat down, boy? What if da- what if Bob Dylan as a dad was like a mean hillbilly dad, but he was like, boy, you know he's like. <laughs> Boy, he's like, boy, you know you're supposed to take your antibiotics. You know that we shit thirty times a day. And like, you know, no one has a gut biome. <laughs> you know, this is totally normal. <laughs> Every family around us is doing it. <laughs> They're shitting too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you get in trouble it's like jacob dylan goes to his boy's house his friend's house and he's like he's and like his friend shits and he leaves the toilet seat up and he uh he puts the toilet seat down and he's like what are you doing he's like or he's like what are you doing what are you doing you putting the toilet seat down and he's like that's what you do after you take a shit you take put the toilet. and he's like and he's like no we'll get in trouble and he's like what's wrong jacob He's like, and he starts crying. And he's like, in my house, my my pa, my pa beats me if I leave the toilet seat up <laughs> or down. If I leave the toilet seat down, <laughs> he needs quick. He needs quick access to it. But <laughs> he, my my dad needs quick access. He turns. I can take a talks just like Bob Dylan. <laughs> He turns the engine and the engine doesn't turn, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I shouldn't have went down this road. <laughs> I shouldn't have went down this road. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jacob Dylan just, uh, he, he stumbles down to the basement one day and sees his dad's diabolical plot. It's just diagrammed how he's going to create all these super bugs starting in his own household. Oh my God. Dude. It's like Bob. So <laughs> this joke here is Bob Dylan is a hillbilly. An abusive an hillbilly abusive father. hillbilly father who's trying to seed in the world antibiotic resistant superbugs. <laughs> <laughs> also, he's friends with Hosni Mubarak. Oh, fuck, I am sweating. <laughs> Maybe he's working for the Egyptians. Good God almighty, dude. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, let's we got to pivot out of if we do Bob, if we do another Alan hour of Bob Dylan I don't know <laughs> would that break you <laughs> yeah yeah it would <laughs> oh man sorry I went down that road um oh uh so okay dude I had something to read today I've been saving this for a day where we have no content. <laughs> and well, by God, today's that day. <laughs> today's that day, because I've not read the news. I've not been reading the news. Wow, uninformed. How does that make you feel? Well, I, I think you need to go uh, over to your house and take that sign out of your front yard. Uh, well, so in this house, we re- read the news. <laughs> we believe in science. In we read the news. In this house, we read the news. <laughs> <laughs> in this house, we read the news. <laughs> In this in this house we breed superbugs. <laughs> we do two things in this house. <laughs> we read the news. We bre- we shit with the toilet up. <laughs> we read superbugs. <laughs> we write the finest songs of the twentieth and twenty first centuries. <laughs> um, this is okay. I wanted to do. I told you this might fall into the category of profiles and courage, but it's not really that because. Profiles encouraged. For those of you listening, which I'm going to assume is 90% of you who don't know what Profiles Encouraged is, that's an ancient bit we used to do as the Trillbillies. We're pulling them, the old ones out one by one just see if, uh, see if any of them are still relevant. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm getting old. I can't be doing fucking old. It's not a bit. It's segment. That's the word segment, I'm Segment, yeah. It's a whole segment. Yeah. You bit's know? different from segment. We need new segments, but this thing is... is um. This isn't really so much a profile of a person. It's a profile of a specific time and an event. Okay. Anatomy of an event. Isn't that a movie right now? Anatomy of a fall? Yeah, and the woman's like, Do not blame me for your failures. You create a world where you hate yourself and you make all kinds of excuses for being a failure. And I'm watching this and I'm like, Damn, that does. Damn, she's she's spitting. <laughs> she's spitting, and that, that doesn't apply to my life at all. No, no, I, I definitely don't. <laughs> Other men, sure, but <laughs> me, me, definitely not. Wow, they they should not have shown that clip if they wanted people to watch that movie. Because I'm gonna see that clip, and I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna sit that one out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't need myself reflected. That's the thing, though. I think that guy's a murderer in the movie. So does that mean I'm going to be a murderer? No, nah, I watched it. He's not a murderer. Oh, he's not? I didn't mean to ruin that for you. <laughs> well, that's good. The, the, here, my main takeaway from that movie, 
the French legal system is absolutely insane. I could have told you that. Absolutely insane. Hey, brother, that's relevant to our topic today. No shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? French <laughs> French jurisprudence, <laughs> diabolical Bob Dylan, getting your hands broken for, for just exchanging some cash. This is the re- this will give you some insight into why the French legal system is the way it is. No kidding. This is the origins. Okay. We're going to, okay, Trillbilly origins. That's what this new segment is. <laughs> Trillbilly. Origins. Origins. <laughs> I got it. Hold on a second. Trillbilly. Origins. Origins. <laughs> we'll do origins today. In a world. You know, it's a new segment. It's called origins. Because I've been trying to. I've been reading a book about Neanderthals, and I want to interview the author. So I'm trying to do origins. You're trying to see what all the fuss is about. I'm trying to get to the bottom of everything. Origins okay. yeah. of everything. Yeah. So this is a new leaf. I'm turning a new yeah. leaf. I'm moving, and I'm doing new segments. Okay. I'm doing new segments, and I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving out of the house. <laughs> you, hey, you Good can luck, Jacob. You can take Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> like a rolling stone. <laughs> uh, okay. This what this is called. I'm gonna butch the butcher the um the uh, pronunciation. <laughs> Are you imagining Bob Dylan abandoning his family? <laughs> I can see it in your head what you're imagining. Bob Dylan abandoning his family. <laughs> <laughs> Put some hair on your chest, boy. <laughs> and on the ways of the world. Because <laughs> you have to now. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Jettison Bob Dylan from me. Okay, they actually don't. You need to, you're going to need him for this. <laughs> um. He will be the subject of a Trillbilly's origin segment at some point. I don't know what the origin... What, what would you have to look at to where Bob Dylan would be the origins of? Like American music, obviously, but like something else. Bob Dylan's always been. He's just... <laughs> Before I got here, I was just kind of floating above just the chill, water. Just chilling in the ether. <laughs> <laughs> The vacuum of space. <laughs> the world was without form and void, and <laughs> there I was. <laughs> okay, finally, this is what I'm wanting to cover. It is called The Ball of the Burning Men, or The Ball of the Wild Men. I was reading a book by Barbara Tuchman called A Distant Mirror, okay. The Calamity of 14th Century. The book is it's inter- it's interesting. Apparently, though, a lot of the history in it is pretty dated and antiquated. So, don't take it as like a reliable source on the Middle Ages. Um, but it is fun, okay. and this was in it. <clears throat> so, uh, I just went to the Wikipedia page, and the Wikipedia page actually types it off very well. Types it up very well. Um, what this is called the ball, the bal, the bal de ardents. The Ball of the Wild Men. Okay. It was a masquerade ball held on the 28th of January, 1393 in Paris. At which... The year the music died. Truly the year the music died. (laughs) At which Charles VI of France performed in a dance with five members of the French nobility. 
I'm not going to give it away what happened yet, okay? But something very tragic happened in this event. What, how, what happened? Uh, Are you going to save that till the end? I'll save it to the end. Let's start with some background, all right? Okay. Charles VI. Okay. Charles VI was crowned king of France in 1380 after his father, Charles V. You can probably pretty much deduce that, we, right? We all remember our, our first coronation. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was crowned king. Uh, he, you know, he was a child. He was one of those child kings. Okay. An they were all font terrible. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, like, and I pointed this out before, but, like, the thing about monarchy and about feudalism and why eventually people wanted to do this whole democracy thing, republic mm. democracies, is because sometimes, like, you know, you get the roll of the dice and you get a bad king, an insane king, a mad king. A mad king. A diabolical king. A diabolical king <laughs> with perhaps an uh, intent of producing biological yes. weapons at home. That's exactly right. And so um, that was one of the cons of feudalism, which is funny now because we now have a president who we have, who is clearly mad, Ostensibly right? a mad king. Ostensibly a mad king. And he refuses to like step aside. Yeah. Like we're in a situation where we can't influence that in any way. We're, we're, we are solely and individually at the whims of one person. Yeah. No one we can do yeah. about it. So it's kind of futile in yeah. a way. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's not I mean, really. we could not vote for him, I guess, but yeah. who knows. What Which we won't. Be. Yeah. We, you know, we won't be voting for him. Yeah. Um, but uh, in this situation, when this would happen back in the day, they would have regents set up around the young king. Yeah. And those regents were generally like, you know, the uncles. If you were an uncle back in the day, had it made. You had it made. Great gig. Royal uncle. Yeah. Great gig. Uncles, they're spit on and despised today. <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, and so back then, you know, you could uh, sort of steer the direction of the monarchy, of the yeah. court. Yeah. Within two years. Yeah, your dad's shifty brother. Yes. Particularly if your dad was the king all the time had his, yes. you know, was meddling. Well, that's the thing. You think your shi- your uncle is shifty now? Yeah. Imagine if your uncle was the brother of the deceased king. And presumably himself, you know, maybe third or fourth in line to the throne or exactly. something. Exactly. That's a dangerous that's a dangerous place for a man to be is third in line <laughs> for the crown. That's a man with that's a man that's <laughs> playing with house money. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Nothing left to lose. First or second in line, it's pretty. Yeah, he might get it yeah, at some point. Right, right. Third, third? line. <laughs> that's yeah. You've got nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are throwing out all the stops. Um, so within two years of Charles the Sixth taking the crown, Philip of Burgundy, one of the regents, described by historian Robert Connect as one of the most powerful princes in Europe became sole regent to the young king after Louis of Anjou pillaged the royal treasury and departed the campaign in Italy. You could do that back then. Because the royal treasury was a thing. Yeah. It was like a vault. And you were like, you know, the Scrooge McDuck or whatever, fucking diving into the coins. Yeah. Hey, Chuck, I'm going to pillage some jewels and abscond to Italy. (laughs) Uh, See you about never, you rotten motherfucker. (laughs) Charles is other <laughs> rot, rot me when I'm in line for the crown. Charles's other two uncles, John of Berry and Louis 
Louis of Bourbon showed little interest oh. in you, I mean, We've got a bourbon. Yeah. Well, a bourbon has been spotted a on bourbon. the wing. A bourbon. A bourbon. Um, in the in 1387, the 20-year-old Charles VI assumed sole control of the monarchy and immediately dismissed his uncles and reinstated the Marmousets, his father's traditional counselors. Marmouset. Matt, that's a great name. Marmoset. Do you want to be a marmoset? Matt, to describe the position more. I want to see if it's for me. It's uh, basically a marmoset would be like you are in the king's cabinet. You're as you're as trusted a confidant, counselors. a conciliar. You're a, yes, you are his counselors. I would ask if we could change the name to conciliar. <laughs> Not a fan of marmosets. Mm. I like it. It sounds like uh, it's like it's like a mammal, a small like a ferret. Yeah, you yeah you sound like some sort of small marsupial. <laughs> I think marmoset. I'd rather be a. That's right. Um, Unlike his uncles, the Marmosets wanted peace with England, less taxation, and a strong, responsible central government. Policies that resulted in a negotiated three-year truce with those limey bastards, the English. Um, And the Duke of Berry was stripped of his post as governor of Languedoc because of his excessive taxation. Um. So yeah, these guys they wanted less taxes, fewer taxes. Yeah. Like when Aaron Lewis is singing, above my house there flies two flags, one's red, white, and blue. Yeah. The other has a little snake on it, and it's my penis. <laughs> and I've got it tattooed. Right I've here. got it tattooed. I've got my small penis tattooed on right my Right here neck. on my throat. <laughs> it's been a while. Lama Mama said. <laughs> well, I'm just a simple mama set. I advise Charles the Sixth. I dismissed his regents without cause. People called me a despot. <laughs> My uncles hate me, and that's probably right. <laughs> okay, on a hot August day. Or wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I got it. I got ahead of myself. In 1392, Charles suffered the first in a lifelong series of attacks of insanity, manifested by a quote insatiable fury at the attempted assassination of the Constable of France and leader of the Marmosets, Olivier de Clisson. Okay, let me ask you a question here. When we're talking about we're talking about temporary moments of insanity, or at first, does it go into? Okay. At first, he had... Or a full descent into madness. You know, as I read this story, yeah. sometimes when you read about people's insanity, yeah. you um, you can see yourself in there in some ways. Right, right, right. You can see yourself in the House of Bourbon Sometime, in, the, in the 1300s. I'm going to make a confession. Sometimes You've often I, thought about yourself. I've often thought about myself <laughs> in, that in the House of Bourbon <laughs> in the 14th century. <laughs> Or like Howard Hughes, like pissing in jars, growing out my fingernails. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Coating syringes stuck in my arms. Did you know they found that in him when they cured him? I thought him? he was a germaphobe. Yeah, he was. But paradoxically, I think that you can be, if you're such a germaphobe and you never leave, like you don't see your, you don't see your sh- accumulating shit says, as germs. Yeah. I think it's more, I think it's agoraphobia, but you yeah, say yeah. it's germaphobia. Oh, okay. What that had to do with Charles VI. Oh, where I was going with that. Like, sometimes you see, you read about insane people, and you're like, well, I'm pretty insane. Well, you know. I, yeah, well. I, or, 
Yeah, or somebody's like, get a load of this wacky story. And then yeah. you just feel very yeah. convicted. Like, <laughs> isn't that crazy? That's weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird deal. What a weird guy. Uh, but this was one of those where um, I think what it is is you try to imagine the subjectivity of a crazy person like this, mm. and you can't even penetrate the, the surface of it because what it's caused by is generation after generation after generation of inbreeding. Right. And so you can't really imagine what that would be like, what kind of like dark, fucked up, like David Fincher, grimy-ass <clears throat> like existence that would be. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't imagine that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Come from a place <laughs> notorious for such practice. <laughs> I have no frame of reference for that. Um, dude, I'm probably inbred too. Just you're no. among you're among company. It's all right. That's all right. We're proudly inbred. Yeah, we we are proudly. Inbred. Here's how. Here's how. You, if you've ever wondered if you're the product of a little bit of that, mm-hmm. consider if you have any family that have been here since the 1500s. Uh. Then you most certainly. I mean, my family's probably been here since the very beginning, if I had to guess. Yeah. I know there's a lot of, like, app studies people seething right now. Like, oh, my God, how could you? How could how you, could you perpetuate negative stereotypes of the region? Well, by that I mean, like, I'm like Bob Dylan. I mean, I've just <laughs> been here. Yeah. Oh, I was just there. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, I don't mean that, like, we were around and, like, you know marrying our cousins or anything what i mean is that we've always been we've always been here us two and bob dylan that's right and god when we're he was p- just a spirit floating above the water you that is a negative that is a bad stereotype to perpetuate if oh. eternal beings oh yeah i'm sorry uh sprites you know you can't be perpetuating that oh, stuff dude i'm sorry kind of eternity it's people are going to feel self-conscious that they're not eternal too that's right. That's true. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you bunch of finite corporeal motherfuckers. <laughs> I live long I'll and never long decay. after you're dead. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the the king Charles VI convinced that the assassination attempt on Clisson's life was also an, an act of violence against himself and the monarchy. Charles quickly planned a retaliatory invasion of Brittany with the invasion with the approval of the Marmosets, and then departed. On a hot August day outside Le Mans, where another tragedy happened, not but what, 500 years later? Uh, the, uh, who could forget the Le Mans massacre? Have you seen... Vi- okay, don't look it up. What? Don't, I'm not, don't... Uh, no, you can't do that. What, what, what are we not supposed to look at? Uh, there's video of the Le Mans disaster, the 1955 Le Mans disaster. Oh. I don't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, but I'll set that one out. Uh, Steve McQueen, you know, was a. I think he produced a. Didn't they make a movie about Lamont? Yeah, with Steve Steve McQueen. Yeah, it's uh, what is that? Um, well, th- on a uh, hot August day outside Lamont, accompanying his forces on the way to Brittany, without warning, Charles drew his weapons and charged his own household knights, including his brother. Louis the First, Duke of Orleans. This was in. Uh, I'm assuming what could only be described as one of those temporary, <laughs> temporary moments, moments of insanity. Insanity, yes. He had a close relationship with his brother, and yet he charged him, crying, "Ford against the traitors! They wished to deliver me to the enemy." He killed four men, what, he, including his brother. Four of his own men, not his brother, 
before his chamberlain grabbed him by the waist and subdued him, after which he fell into a coma that lasted for four days. Few believed he would recover. His uncles, the Dukes of Burgundy and Berry, took advantage of the king's illness and quickly seized power, reestablished themselves as regents, and dissolved the fucking Marmoset Council. Motherfuckers. Get so let me ask you a question. Michael So Charles goes into a coma. Yes. Wakes up four days later and it's like Ah stretches, feeling rested after four <laughs> days of sleep, says, Now to go check in my trusted advisors. <laughs> and it's just his his brothers. It's uncles. Or uncles just yeah. sitting there saying, Have a seat, Charles. Have a seat. Yeah. That's right. We got rid of the fucking mama sets. <laughs> yeah. Fucking marsupial fucks. These fucking mutts. Get the fuck out of here. Well, well, hey, well, you, th- uh, you think you can direct the direction of fucking France, huh? <laughs> Without us? Not likely. Okay, so the comatose king was returned to Le Mans, where Guillaume de Harsigny, a venerated and well-educated 92-year-old physician, was summoned to treat him. God damn. Oh, man. After Charles regained... 92, con- man. Let that man just kind of live his days out. 92 in, what was that, 1392? That means he was Dude, 50 it- years old when the Black Death happened. <laughs> Dude, this guy would... This guy, seriously, would be like... Uh, that's like 132 in, in today's time. And not only that. You're right. It's like 132 in today's time because he lived through the most calamitous plague of human history. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bubonic plague. He lived through it to be 92. Jesus. That's crazy. God. Wow, there's a mummy of him. Oh, my God. Of the doctor or the king? God damn. Of the doctor. Well, that's not a mummy. It's an engraved tomb. Look at him. He's just chilling. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've I've seen the living <laughs> look worse. Yeah, that's true, man. That's really crazy. You're right. That would be like if someone was 150 now. Yeah. Um, it's like how they have dog years. Yeah. You got to do middle ages years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> After Charles regained consciousness and his fever subsided, he was returned to Paris, moving slowly from castle to castle with periods of rest in between. Late in September, Charles was well enough to make a pilgrimage to. Uh, pilgrimage of thanks to Notre Dame near Laon, after he, which he returned to Paris. Dog, I bet slipping into a coma in the 14th century was without any like modern medical intervention. But that's scary as hell. Well, here's the thing. This is what I've worried, wondered about. Yeah. He slipped into surely a psychosomatic coma, right? He killed four of his own people in a temporary moment of insanity. Why would he slip? No, what would be the you know physiological he, no, cause of the coma? No, here's what he's doing. You think he's faking? I know what he's doing. He's playing possum? He's trying to see who's, who's preying on his downfall. <laughs> so he, he pretends to be in a coma for four days. <laughs> Just to see if those rat bastard uncles of his try to try to double cross It's him. like when you're 16, you're like, I just want to die. And then you're like in your head, you're like, but I would go to my funeral to see who comes. Mm. To see if to get killed. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Yeah. He's doing the middle age equivalent of that. Because, like, surely, you're right. Like, surely, like, a coma would be caused by some sort of head injury or, like... Yeah, there'd have to be a physiological cause, one would assume. Yeah, like an epidemiological, like, yeah. some sort of bacteria infection, something like but that. But it did say he had a fever, so maybe he... Maybe the fever made him act like a mad king. I think you're right. There could be a physio... There could be epidemiological cause to this. Like, he had syphilis or something, and it made him crazy. Probably. 
that's the most likely origin. But that's interesting you say that because that's not what I, that was not what I envisioned when I first read this. What I envisioned when I first read this was um, someone who was under so much stress. I say I'm reading my own life into it. Yeah. I am myself, Charles the Sixth. So they were under so much stress that he that he, like, you know, acted out. He acted a fool. Yeah, I've acted a fool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've read this kind of stuff, and I'm like, man. Man, I could, me. I, I could, could kill four of my boys. Yeah, <laughs> I'd easily kill four of my boys with no remorse. Um, Charles's sudden onset of insanity was seen by some as a sign of divine anger and punishment, and by others as the result of sorcery. Modern historic historians speculate that he may have been experiencing the onset of paranoid schizophrenia. Charles continued to be mentally fragile, believing he was made of glass. And according to historian Desmond Stewart, running, howling like a wolf down the cor- corridors of the royal palaces. Let me ask, let me just, uh, before we go down the road of armchair diagnoses, okay, <laughs> I have to ask a very serious question. Mm-hmm. Charles happened to be a drunk. <laughs> I don't think he was. A teetotaler, huh? I think so. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to eliminate a lot of more plausible causes before we start saying now this man was a well there's here's something that's interesting right yeah um when i was doing when i was reading about this something that i a very fascinating side tangent to go down yeah is the history of the concept of melancholy Mm -hmm. so um at various times throughout human history Sometimes melancholy is seen as a as a mental illness, right? Like as yeah. a depressive thing. Yeah. But in other times, such as the uh, let's see, English cultural movement, um, at other times melancholy is seen as cool. So people will intentionally affect melancholy, like uh, you know, England in the eighties during the shoe <laughs> shoegaze era. You know. Yeah, melancholy is very, very, very cool era to be melancholy. Melancholy is not in right now. Right, I would have to say. Well, it's in, but nobody's nobody thinks it's cool or is having a good time with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah, um, I'm trying to see. Like, <laughs> it's in in the sense that yes, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> but in ancient room, they in ancient Rome they thought it might have been a cause of cancer. Um, hey, probably not too far off there. Uh, during the later 16th and early 17th century, a curious cultural and literary cult of melancholia ro- arose in England. And uh, I think that's the thing. Like the English have always been really into it. Yeah. Like, we should be melancholy. <laughs> the sun doesn't ever come out in this godforsaken island. <laughs> Maybe we'll just make this our thing. <laughs> anyway, the only reason I bring it up is because Certain words we had for insanity and bad physiological stuff back in the day mm. eventually evolved to become like sort of ideologically neutered in a way. Right. Well, you said he would run howling and stuff like that. Is that the origin of lunatic? Like oh. dogs howling at the moon? At the moon. Luna, I think Luna, it is. Moon, actually, I think lunatic. it literally yeah. is. But that I'm just saying, I say it literally. I don't mean literally because I don't know. I don't literally know. I don't literally know. I would surmise. <laughs> Contemporary chronicler John Frisar. Okay, this is who we know a lot of about this from. Mm. Barbara Tuchman quotes him a lot in her book. Yeah. 
Um, okay, and at the first this, you preface this with none of this person's scholarship is worth a fuck, but... <laughs> I think it's more like... But enjoy it as a piece of historical fiction. Well, here's the thing. The historiography on the Middle Ages is complicated because like, people throw around terms like Dark Ages and Middle Ages, and when they say that, they imply that these were degraded times. Like, they were worse off times than ancient times. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily true, and I'm pretty sure that historians also agree. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, that's a misconception. Yeah. Like, maybe politically the forms were more degraded, but, like, technologically they had much greater advances than, like, the ancient world did. Yeah. Well, speaking of the forms, what was you telling me the other day that the Greeks were dumb about? Uh, oh, but that was the pre-Hellenic Greeks, <clears throat> the pre-Hellenic invasion Greeks. Um, they were matriarchies, <laughs> and so men were publicly degraded, degraded and devalued, and, nah. and they weren't attributed with causing pregnancy. <laughs> Just like today, because of wokeness. Because <laughs> of wokeness. Nah. They weren't, it was not thought that men caused pregnancy. They thought that like things like the wind and stuff caused pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, buddy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is an amazing out. People talk about matriarchy. Baby, like, baby, I've not yeah, been stepping. That's, wo- that's just woke, the wind. These woke guys talk about like matriarchy, like it'd be a bad thing. Do they not realize how badass it would be? Like you, you don't, you're not beholden to anything, like anyone. Like you could just go. Yeah, you could just <laughs> hand the reins over. And listen, it would be a golden age if you had like a humiliation fetish. <laughs> exactly, you'd be yeah. high cotton. Yeah, I mean, like, but yeah, you you would never have to do a paternity test. But like, it's the wind. <laughs> that baby don't look like me. <laughs> it's, it's the freaking wind. <laughs> I'm just one of them wind babies. <laughs> um, but uh, I got that from Robert Graves's book on the Greek myth mythologies. But what he's trying to do in that book is he's trying to show how like the certain social arrangements ref- are reflected in the myth all in the mythologies. Okay. So for example, like the pre-Hellenic mythological features mirror the matriarchal conditions in which they were created. Okay. So like there is no like god Zeus figure in those early mythologies. It's right. like, you know, the mother goddess, your enemy and she's you know, she claps air. Is this before the pantheon? This is pantheon yes. post-Hellenic. Yeah, 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 it was. Okay. There were several invasions of Greece. Like there was a Hellenic right. invasion and the Achaean invasion. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember I remember them all, but yeah. Anyways, our buddy Charles the Um Back to our buddy Charles the Sixth, who thought he was made of glass and would run howling like a wolf down the corridors. This is something I've wondered about. I want to tell you something. <laughs> I've been that drunk before. <laughs> I, I, have, I have, I have, I had Trust me, a I group have. of my friends walk into my room one night and seen me dance naked in front of a, at the <laughs> closet door. That sliding doors, but they like were like mirrored. Mm-hmm. And they said, they said, they said, this is where I got the term <laughs> temporary moment of insanity. I was sitting there dancing. They said, you look like, uh, what's that little, I forget what TV, old TV show from the safest. Like you were just dancing in front of that. And when we asked you why you're doing that, you just, Stopped and looked at us and said, <laughs> I guess I was having a temporary moment of insanity. And then you just went and laid down. <laughs> what was the name of that? Was it, wasn't it called like Train or something? Party Train? Soul Train? Was it Soul Train? So, well, Are you thinking soul. about Soul Train? No, I was thinking, I think I was thinking about uh, uh, what's happening. Rerun. 
Dude, I know what my uncle's name for. <laughs> I, wa- I, I told you this the other day. Like, I went to a party one time. One of those things I think about all the time. Went to a party of this girl I went to high school with, and this was when I was at, in, in community college. Wasn't in college. I was in community college. Nah. And I went to a party in Lubbock. Blacked out. Apparently threw up on a wall. Woke up in a room I'd never seen before. Had no recollection of how I got there. This was before you had maps this on your phone. But post Hellenic. This was post Hellenic. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, just so we got the <laughs> time frame right. Yeah. Uh walked out nowhere, no idea where it literally had to go down to the nearest street corner and like look at the street signs. Yeah, yeah. And reorient me reorient myself that way. Yeah. And then like stumble on like a Sunday morning at like hundred and three degrees Texas heat, like back to my truck like 40 blocks away and no I, no recollection or idea how you got there. people have no idea how good they have it now yeah like you can do just lifts. so we're just so we're clear this was sometime after the peloponnesian wars <laughs> but before russia's invasion of ukraine <laughs> sometime before the, those two landmark events right yes. yeah, sometime in between those yeah two. yeah yeah okay, okay. charles our buddy charles running through the halls made of glass during the worst of his illness, Charles was unable to recognize his own wife, Isabeau of Bavaria, demanding her removal when she entered his chamber. But after his recovery, Charles made arrangements for her to hold guardianship of their children. She eventually became... <laughs> He's like, listen, I'm howling at the moon and probably made a glass. I'm not a fit father. I'm not, I'm not fit for fatherhood. <laughs> Like he, he just he just come to grips with the fact that he is his grip his grip on reality is tenuous at best. Okay, so the ninety two year old ph- physician uh, he refused all pleas and offers of riches to remain and left Paris and ordered the courtiers to shield Charles from the duties of government and leadership. So the ninety two year old washed his hands of it. Like like, <laughs> the poor bastard thinks he's made a glass. He's too guys. Listen, everybody's like, no, 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 but we have to have a king. And he's this 92-year-old guy's like, listen, I've been around a long time. I was 50 years old during the time of the Black Death, and I made it through that. Okay? I'm not I'm not going out like this. Let me tell you this. This man is clinically insane. Okay? Well, he probably feared for his life. He probably thought Charles would snap or something. Yeah, I'm trying to make it to 100 here. I got eight more years, and then I'm good. Listen. Do yourselves a favor, <laughs> run for the hills. <laughs> he told that would be that would be great advice. He would be very prescient in making that advice, yeah. as you will find out in just a moment. He told the king's advisors to be careful not to worry or irritate Charles. Burden him with work as little as you can. Pleasure and forgetfulness will be better for him than anything else. To surround Charles with a fe- festive atmosphere, this is really truly the most tragic as- element of what's about to happen. Okay. Keep this moment in mind. Okay. This is the tragedy. He needs to sur- he, he advised the courtiers to surround Charles with a festive atmosphere and to protect him from the rigor of governing. The court turned to elaborate amusements in exab- exa- uh, Jesus. extravagant fashions. Isabeau and her sister-in-law wore jewel-laden dresses and elaborate braided hairstyles coiled into tall shells. And covered with wide double hinnens that reportedly required doorways to be... <laughs> Widened to accommodate them. That's a, that's I can a, that's a headdress, I, by the way. I can appreciate that, being uh, <laughs> so committed to fashion that you actually have to change the architecture to accommodate the drip. 
Actually, we're going to have to knock out this wall if I'm <laughs> if I'm going to wear this fit tonight. <laughs> and I'm going to wear this and fit I'm tonight. Fit. <laughs> yeah. We have to keep him amused, otherwise we're all dead. <laughs> oh, God. Here's what I wonder at times like this. Like, okay, he's asleep, he's asleep. Everybody, the, 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 the regents, the marmosets, the courtesans, uh, the court jester, everybody... In here together, we got a meeting. <laughs> we have to kill this bastard. <laughs> we have to put a pillow over his face while he's sleeping, right? It wouldn't be hard because if he thinks he's made of bl- glass. Yeah. That's what you do. You say, Charles, if you come any further, I swear to God, I'm going to throw a brick through you and shatter <laughs> you. And he's going to be like, oh, God, okay. Uh, 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 yes. And all of a sudden, you are the. You're the king. De facto king you're of the, France at that king. point. Uh-huh. Just because you know he's afraid of being shattered. That's right. Well, it does have applications for our own time, I guess. If you do consider Biden to be the mad king who has regions. And basically, all these liberals out here caping for him are the are the people saying, no, we have to create a festive atmosphere for him to... Yes. And if that's the case, what why, what happens next will be a perfect metaphor for perhaps what is about to happen. Actually, this, now that I'm reading this, I didn't, re- I didn't read all these parallels into it when I first read this. The reason I didn't was because that's what Barbara Tuckman was trying to do, and that's kind of why the book is kind of hacky. She's yeah. like, it's a distant mirror. It, it reflects a light on human nature. And it's like, ah, does it? <laughs> if we, let me just say this, folks. This is how you'll know the end is nigh. If we see Dr. Jill Biden dressed up like somebody from Hunger Games, <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know. Well, did, did Biden's brother, though, didn't Biden's brother recently get caught in some like healthcare scam? Scam? No, I think he got caught on grinder showing his cock. <laughs> Wait, Biden's Biden's brother is gay. I think so. That's tight. I think I think he was on grinder. Okay, well then that, uh, that's pretty cool. However, I think he did have one brother, and it might have been the gay well, one. Well, you know, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can still do crimes and be on ground and be gay. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Um, well, his brother, one of his brothers, did do some healthcare scam. So that's the thing. It's that's to to support the nefarious uncle's theory yeah. of history. <laughs> the nefarious uncle's theory of history. Yeah. There you go. Um, Scar from Lion King. Yes. Many oh, shifty dude, uncles yeah. throughout I history. I forgot about Scar. Yeah. Little, little bastard. Brother. Mother, motherfucker. And then he just... Yeah, I'll never forget that. He sinks his claws into Mufasa's claws and then throws his ass off and into that, the wildebeest. And then that famous line, hey. not so mighty anymore, Mufasa. Yeah. And then he goes and buys Simba cigarettes. <laughs> That's what he should have done. Uh, it's, he, like, <laughs> it's like baby Billy Freeze. I'm your daddy now. <laughs> no, you're not. Mighty Mufasa. No, I'm your daddy now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, come on, Eli. <laughs> come on, Eli. Come on, Eli. <laughs> I'm basically your daddy now. <laughs> oh, man. I've been working on my Uncle Baby Billy Bible Bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Uncle Baby, let's get back on TV instead of singing for a bunch of basic Christian sunbums. Basic Christian sunbums. 
Well, come on, Eli. Uh, I just, let's just do the rest of the episode. Um, just um, us, just uh, baby Billy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, Charles. The common people, the common people thought the extravagance is excessive. Yet they loved their young king, who they called Charles Le Bien-Aimé, the Well Beloved. Blame for unnecessary excess and expense was directed at the foreign queen, who was brought from Bavaria at the request of Charles' uncles. Oh, Classic. Patriarchal uh, bullshit. Top from a Bavarian bitch hit different. I That's guess. right. Neither Isabeau nor her sister-in-law, Valentina, daughter of the ruthless Duke of Milan, were well-liked by either the court or the people. Friseau wrote in his chronicles that Charles's uncles were content to allow the frivolities because so long as the Queen and the Duke d'Orleans danced, they were not dangerous or even annoying. Okay, now we come to the disaster. Okay. Now we come to the part of the program where all the bad things we covered, all the... Hints of potential calamity. I just want to point something out. Four men are already dead, and so this is saying something. Already four men are dead. Yeah. On the 28th of January. <laughs> doctor said, oh, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out. He knew. He knew something was about to happen. On the 28th of January, 1393, Isabeau held a masquerade at the Hotel San Paul to celebrate the third marriage of her lady-in-waiting, Catherine de Fustoverin. Barbara Tuckman explains that a widow's remarriage was traditionally an occasion for mockery and tomfoolery, often celebrated with a cherivari. I got, so well, by that you mean there was a bunch of guys dressed up like the Pied Piper of Hamlin and they would <laughs> do uh, Tartuffe the Spry Wonder Dog-esque <laughs> Middle Ages humor yes. at this poor woman. Yes. She was those, they wear those masks with the big noses you had to hold up to your face. They did. Wildly inconvenient. They did. I know, because you can't like dance really. You're getting one of those in your ear. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sit my nose down. I'm going to come back <laughs> out there. No, 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 no. You have to dance with it. Um. Okay. The charivari were characterized by all sorts of license, disguises, disorders, and loud blaring of discordant music and changing of symbols, or clanging of symbols, sorry. At the suggestion of Hugo de Guisset, whom Tuckman describes as well known for his outrageous screams and cru- uh, schemes and cruelty, six young men, including Charles VI, performed a dance in costumes as wood savages. So is that, is that the same thing as a wood spray? It's a wild man, so pretty much. Man okay. of the woods. Man of the woods, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The costumes, which were sewn onto the men, were made of linen. Wait, 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 wait. Sewn onto them? Basically, they put the linen on them and then sewed them in. To the skin? No, not the skin, but... Oh, I see what you're saying. Put the... Okay, they sewed onto the little... Right, yeah, it, yeah. instead of like having a zipper, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, they were sewn on. Okay. The costume I, I is just, crucial. I, wait, I got one more thing. One more thing before you go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Take all the time you need because this will get bad. Okay. <laughs> this will get very bad. So during this revelry and tomfoolery, yes, they took a mad king <laughs> who a doctor <laughs> specifically said, do not agitate or overstimulate him. And they said, you know what? Let's dress him up like a wild man of the woods. This poor bastard already thinks he's glass and he's he's... <laughs> Berserkly killed four men. <laughs> yes, but it was at the suggestion of Hugo de Guisset. And who oh, was, well, that's well. I mean, that's the thing. If, uh, if, who, if, who inspires confidence like like Hugo? Hugo. 
He was known for his outrageous schemes and cruelty. Okay, uh, so a guy known for his outrageous <laughs> schemes and cruelty says, "Let's dress a mad king up, <laughs> like a like basically like a a violent hillbilly, <laughs> basically like Bob Dylan." <laughs> yes, <laughs> in our story earlier, and then yeah, and then. Hilarity ensues. Hilarity uh, ensues. Uh, I just spilled water all over me. Um. All right. The costumes, which were yes, that is the logic here. Okay. Just to get it straight, these were hard times. All right. Okay. You know, uh, they were just trying to cheer the king up. He wanted some frivolity and some festiveness. And sounds like he's getting ready to get it. He's about to get it. The costumes which were sewn onto the men were made of linen soaked with resin to which flax was attached so that they appeared shaggy and hairy from head to foot. Masks made of the same materials covered the dancers' faces and hid their identities from the audience. Some chronicles report that the dancers were bound together by chains. Most of the audience were unaware that Charles was among the dancers. Strict Orders. Oh no! Strict orders. Oh, for, no. Strict orders forbade the lighting of hall torches and prohibited anyone from entering the hall with a torch during the performance to minimize the risk of the highly flammable costumes catching fire. According to a historian, Jean Vinstra, the men capered and howled like wolves, spat obscenities, and invited the audience to guess their identities while dancing a diabolical frenzy. So they're having fun. They're dancing. Charles's brother Orléans. Arrived with Philip DeBar, late and drunk, and they entered the hall carrying lit torches. Accounts vary, but Orléans may have held his torch above a dancer's mask to determine his identity when a spark fell, setting fire to the dancer's leg. In the 17th century, William Prynne wrote of the incident that the Duke d'Orléans put one of the torches his servants held so near the flax that he set one of the coats on fire, and so each of them set fire or onto the other. And so they were all in a bright flame. This became a dance macabre. <laughs> um, yes. Isabeau, knowing that her husband was one of the dancers, fainted when the men caught fire. Charles. That's, that's, not, that's not a solid chick. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Just hey, somebody get her a fainting couch. She's not a ride or die. Charles, however, was standing at a distance from the other dancers near his 15-year-old aunt, Joan, Duchess of Berry, who swiftly threw her voluminous skirt over him to protect him from the sparks. I want you to look at this photo. This was a contemporary drawing, by the way. This is the Charles being, and I'll put this as as the episode art. Look at the rings around that man's eyes. Look at how, like, absolutely disturbed he is. That's him hiding from the fires under his aunt's skirts. Isn't that an amazing photo? An amazing I, image. I want to tell you something. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a man more disturbed than that. <laughs> like, and him living. I mean, imagine you think you're made of glass. You're hiding under your aunt's skirts. You're hiding under your aunt's <laughs> You're covered in wooly flax. And you're watching your <laughs> friends that you were doing this jovial dance with. Five minutes before being engulfed in flames. Sources disagree as to whether the Duchess moved into the dance and drew the king aside to speak to him or whether the king moved away toward the audience. Friseau wrote that the king, who proceeded ahead of the dancers, departed from his companions and went to the ladies to show himself to them and so passed by the queen and came near the Duchess of Berry. The the scene soon descended into chaos. The The dancers 
shrieked in pain as they burned in their costumes. And the audience, many of them also sustaining burns, screamed as they tried to rescue the burning men. The event was chronicled in uncharacteristic vividness by the monk of Saint-Denis, who wrote that four men were burned alive, their flaming genitals dropping to the floor, releasing a stream of blood. Uh, that's probably a little embellished. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably a little uh, bit, you, yeah, you take some liberties. Because, like, what happened? Did he really think that your nuts just burn off and then just blood just... <laughs> that's some French <laughs> shit. These people are fuck, so fucked. They're so dramatic. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's kind of... They're like, oh, no, no, everybody will no. believe this. Trust me. When no, you... Nobody can fact check this. <laughs> Dude, you can spew the biggest much... Of, like, we have no idea what really transpired and, and, like, got us to this point because you could just lie your ass off to, like, at least 2003. You are right. Yeah. It does seem to make intuitive sense that you would think that if you burn your genitals and nuts your nuts and your dick will burn off yeah you know what i'm saying i'm I'm just trying to picture like um if a windmill caught on fire and one of the windmill arms fell to the ground maybe that's what they're thinking yeah you know what i'm saying yeah like the whole thing he didn't see that firsthand though no dude yeah and that's the thing about that here's the danger with that is you tell a big loose one like that, and all your writings just have an asterisk beside them from now on. It's like I the know. boy, the crowd wolf. I think I think you're right. That's why today, school children in America. What's this guy's name? The monk of Saint Denis. Yeah, all that's the one of the first things they're taught in history class. <laughs> that's true. The monk of Saint Denis told a big one. Told a big one. Can't not, claimed, not a reliable narrator. He claimed that when your nuts burn off, it releases a river of blood. Yeah. And not just gases. And not just gases. Now, let me ask you a question. Hugo, did, what was his name? Uh, Guise. Guise? Yeah. Was he just sitting on a high perch just saying, ha, 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 just like I drew it up? <laughs> no, I like think... Like Nero playing the fiddle? I, well, I don't think he intended for this to happen. I would imagine it was probably more uh, akin to Homer disappearing into the shrubs. Oh, like... <laughs> he was probably like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> this really got out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, only two dancers survived, the king, thanks to the quick reactions of the Duchess of Berry, and the sire de Nantoulet, who jumped into an open vat of wine and remained there until the flames were extinguished. The Count of Jogny died at the scene. Yvonne de Foix, son of Gaston Febu, uh, Count of Foix, and Emery of Poitiers, uh, lingered with painful burns for two days. The instigator of the affair, Hugo de Guisset, survived a day longer. Oh, shit, he fucking... I forget, I guess he fucking also... Damn, failed by his own blade. Listen to this. He survived a day longer, described by Tuckman as bitterly cursing and insulting his fellow dancers, the dead and the living, until his last hour. My my man, my brother in Christ, it was your idea. It was your idea. <laughs> yeah. It was your idea. Yeah. The citizens of Paris, angered by the event and at the danger posed to their monarch, blamed Charles ad- Charles's advisors. A great commotion swept through the city as the populace threatened to depose the king's uncles and killed dissolute and depraved courtiers. Greatly concerned at the popular outcry and worried about a repeat of the Mayotine revol- Revolt. I'm so sorry. I'm going to go out on a limb here real quick and say that the the event didn't do much for Charles's constitution. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> I mean, in that artist 
depiction, he looks like a mole person. Like he's just. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that Broken. could be the costume because I know he's kind of still in costume. He looks like a wild man. However, however, he uh, doesn't look great. Nah, he's not. Doesn't do good. Doesn't look good. They uh, his Charles's uncles persuaded the court to do penance at Notre Dame Cathedral, preceded by an apologetic royal progress through the city, in which the king rode on horseback with his uncles walking in humility. So they uh, basically had to walk through. That's what I'm talking about. This is the weird thing about like monarchs. Is this like when you were trying to find your truck in Texas? You this were is what wa- I was wa- walking, you were, you two were walking with humility. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like kids don't understand these days. Like you had to do actual work to get around back then, brother. Yeah. I'm just becoming an old crank. Yeah, that's all right. You know, you've earned it, pal. I have earned it. You're so right about that. Friseau's art chronicle of the event places direct blame on Orléans. He wrote, and thus the feast and, and marriage celebrations ended with such great sorrow. Charles and Isbo could do nothing to remedy it. We must accept that it was no fault of theirs, but the Duke de Orléans. Orléans' reputation was severely damaged by the event, compounded by an episode. Wait, he survived? Orléans did, yeah. <clears throat> not not Hugo de Guise. That's who you're thinking. Right? No, 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 no. He's the ringleader. He but was. Orlan, yeah. who actually brought the, the, the kindling. <laughs> he brought the kindling in. He brought yeah. the, yeah. yeah. Like a bunch of, you know, front, drunken frat boys. Like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is no fire? <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck it, man. I don't care. They're kind of stoned and drunk, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Smell Party's like- here! <laughs> just bring in these lit torches. And- <laughs> That's the thing. Like, you can picture it in your mind because you know those types of guys. Yeah. You know those These types, types of, guys. of guys have always existed. They've always existed. Yeah. Orleans' reputation was severely damaged by the event, compounded by an episode a few years earlier in which he was accused of sorcery after hiring an apostate, apostate monk to imbue a ring, dagger, and sword with demonic magic. Can you imagine going home at night and just being like, these, these MFs really think I'm a sorcerer? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm being banished for sorcery. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I guess he already had that reputation. It doesn't help your reputation. If your reputation is that you're a sorcerer, it doesn't help that you lit six men on fire and that's, killed four that's of them. That's true. You're not beating the, you're not beating the not charge. Be, not beating the sorcerer charge. <laughs> <laughs> not beating the sorcerer charge at that point. The ball of the wild men added to the impression of a court steeped in extravagance with a king in delicate health and unable to rule. Is <laughs> This man was hanging on by a thread. <laughs> Truly. His attacks of illness increased in frequency such that by the end of the 1390s, his role was merely ceremonial. By the early 15th century, he was neglected and often forgotten, a lack of leadership that contributed to decline and fragmentation of the Voila, Voila, Valois dynasty. I never know how to say that. It looks like Voila. Voila. Um. In 1407, Philip of Burgundy's son, John the Fearless, had his cousin Orléans assassinated because of vice corruption, sorcery, and a long list of public and private vice vil- villainies. Vice corruption and sorcery. Vice corruption, sorcery, and a long list of public and private villainies. Ooh. There you go, dude. At That's... the same time, Isabel was accused of having been the mistress of her husband's brother. Damn. Damn. That story has it all. Intrigue, backstabbing. That, wow, Orleans' assassination pushed the country into a civil war between the Burgundians and the Orleanists, known as the Armagnacs, which lasted for several decades. Do you remember when that <laughs> that girl named Brittany came to town as an intern when we lived in Weinsberg? And she was like, oh yeah, I was named for uh, the region in France where they... It's like, <laughs> yeah, sure you are. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what it was, and not that you have one of the more common names. What's so funny about you mentioning that yeah. is that I barely remember that. But I remember. You, but you do remember. I do remember that, but I can't recall that person's face or anything about them in any way. Yeah. It's just a name. <laughs> Am I made of glass? You feeling okay? <laughs> you feeling okay? <laughs> oh man. But if you if you do think you're made of glass, if I thought I was made of glass, I would try to joke about it. I'd be like, today, boys, the glass is half full. <laughs> <laughs> the glass is half full. <laughs> Day in the sun's out. Glass is half empty. <laughs> <laughs> and the, your guy, your boys would be like, that's, well, stay on the sunny side, big guy. We'll, we'll be in here if you need anything. <laughs> I don't know why that that got me so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, King Saturday glasses <laughs> half full. Saturday, Everyone's like, don't, don't talk to him. It's, it's another glass half empty day. Don't. <laughs> don't, just, don't. Just Remember what happened last time? <laughs> Four guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh dear God. Uh, wow, this really gets into the weeds on the wild men. Venstra writes in Magic and Divination of the Courts of Burgundy of France that the. Ball of the Wild Men reveals the tension between Christian beliefs and the latent paganism that existed in 14th century society. According to him, the event laid bare a great cultural struggle with the past, but also became an ominous foreshadowing of the future. Wild men are savages, uh, usually depicted carrying staves or clubs, living <laughs> beyond the bounds of civilization without shelter or fire, lacking feelings and souls, were then a metaphor for man without God. Well, today they still are. Well, and today, <laughs> today, they'll have a bitch laid up. <laughs> Cro-Magnon dick. Yeah. Today, Cro-Magnon dick is widespread. You know how many people used to say that? Good dick is abundant. Didn't, wasn't that a saying people would say like five years ago? Or good? Uh, I don't like to think about it. You don't remember people that saying wasn't, that? That wasn't a good time. People didn't me, say for, that. For me, mentally. Well, they should have said Cro-Magnon dick is abundant. Because it's not. That's the <laughs> joke. The, the funny part is, it's it's they're, they're not around it's anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke. Yeah. If you're an anthropologist or a paleontologist, you can make that joke with your colleagues. Yeah. Cro Magnon dick is abundant. Is abundant. And you all yeah. laugh. Yeah. And then you have an affair with your coworker. Yeah. Your uh, your life disintegrates after <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Ne- never seen anything good happen to man after he makes the Cro Magnon dick have a bitch laid up joke. <laughs> All downhill from there. All downhill from there. That's from the Patreon, by the way. People don't get that joke. Oh, yeah. You got to go pay yeah, $5. You have to, you have to, to go pay for that one. To put that one in context. Yeah, that it's one. like the puzzle piece. You're hovering over the puzzle. Where does Crow Magnon dick fit in the rich Tribbley's tapestry? Listen, tapestry. Yeah, if you've been thinking about subscribing, <laughs> but you, but for whatever reason, you've, you've hesitated. Now's the time. Please, but also please just DM us and say, I had to know what was up with Cro-Magnon dick. That's why I subscribed. That's why I subscribed. I just want to know if anybody out there is curious enough to pay us Yeah, $5. I need to know if that's the specific reason. Not, it's like I'm not making fun of you. I'm just yeah. interested. Like geologists or hydrologists, 
when they're trying to chase because around in eastern kentucky southwest virginia a lot of water goes underground you'll have underground rivers and streams Mm -hmm. that's what the patreon's like that's what the patreon's like and that's the thing it's like i need to to test where water enters a stream what what hydrologists will often do is drop dyes into water yeah and they could trace it that's what I'm doing here when I'm asking you to comment if the Cro-Magnon dick got you to the Patreon. Yeah. We're just... Uh, we're hydrologists. Right. Of, yeah. We're just testing stream flows. It may be wild, man. Weak stream and strong stream flows. Um, I, I thought... I think it's interesting that, like, uh, widowers or widows who or divorcees who were getting a second or third remarriage like the whole marriage ceremony was just mocking them relentlessly <laughs> like ha your previous marriage has failed would would be awesome if they did that to the guys cuz it'd just be ball busting oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. a third times the charm frank <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to have an open casket I mean open bar you know this one <laughs> You know, when guys are, uh, you know, rib guys are getting ready to get married and say, hey, 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 y'all set a date for your funeral. I mean, your wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I, I love I love, I love that stuff. <laughs> and it'll never die. No. <laughs> we'll never die until we have that matriarchal uh, pre-Hellenic Greek society we talked about. That's exactly right. Then it'll probably go away. Then it probably will. Yeah. That's and then right. it, we it, gain other then things. It, then it won't be funny. Yeah. <laughs> then it won't be funny. It'll just be sad. It's <laughs> <laughs> just be depressing. Yeah. This I'm in like the appendix section of this story now because I'm reading about the wild men. God, when you get into the appendices, buddy, you know we're going deep. Truly, um, because remarriage was often thought to be a sacrilege, common belief was that the sacrament of marriage extended beyond death. It was censured by the community. Thus, the purpose of the ball of wild men was twofold, to entertain the court and to humiliate and rebuke Isabeau's lady-in-waiting in an inherently pagan manner, which the monk of San Denis seemed to dislike. That's why he made up the lie about the bloody... The, the, skir- the, the bloody uh, cocks falling the off. The nuts falling off, yeah. A ritual burning on the wedding night of a woman who was remarrying had Christian origins as well. Why they burned the women? What? Well, it's not or burned that, something. It's not that. It's um, there was a burning. Yeah. And so you could think, and apparently people probably did. The Duke de Orleans arranged it. To that's why he brought in the fire. He had a public burning. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I, I'm not really believing all this shit about the about the Duke Diorlon. I think he got the shaft. He's got let's re let's rehabilitate this The Duke Diorleon? The rogue. The rapscallion. That's right. That's <laughs> real cut up. Um The Book of Tobit part little con- rascal. Oh well, this is interesting. This is an old book of the Bible. I always lo- love learning books of the Bibles that didn't make canon. The book of Tobit partly concerns a woman who had seven husbands murdered by the demon Asmodeus. She is eventually freed of the demon by the burning of the heart and liver of a fish. Is this apocryphal texts or like stuff that didn't make it off the cutting room floor? Didn't make it off the cutting room floor. The book of Tobias is a third or early second century BC work. Oh, wait. That's Old Testament. Old Testament. I say that. Like that. Like such a thing even existed back then. Did the, did the English rob us of some some rich text they did dude when they canonized king john 
King fucking John. King James. Or King James. <laughs> King fucking John. <laughs> King. <laughs> it Le- might be time. LeBron John. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron John. John. <laughs> it might be time to call this one. <laughs> King fucking John. <laughs> After the shit show earlier. Hey, hey. Keep going, buddy. Hey, you're doing fine. <laughs> The event may also have served as a symbolic exorcism of Charles Charles's mental illness at a time when magicians and sorcerers were commonly consulted by members of the court. In the early 14th century, ritual burning of evil, demonic, or satanic forces was not uncommon, as shown by Orleans' later persecution of the king's physician. I have to say, real quick, just to interject, um, doesn't feel like to me that a burning of a entity that lives in fire and brimstone is availing much uh-huh i should have froze them out you're right dude they, you, you uh, can't fight fire with fire mm-mm. you gotta you that's gotta a saying add ice oh no that, that the saying is actually you have to fight fire with fire oh that is the saying you do have to fight fire with fire that doesn't make any sense fire Seems like that would just make more fire uh, for everybody. That's uh, you think it would be like the opposite, like Sub Zero and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, like finish it, you know. Did Mortal you bring fire? I'm throwing. I'm throwing straight ice. Baby. I'm trying. Uh, I'm ice. Cold as ice. They didn't have ice back then, though, brother. Uh, I guess that's true. They had to import it from like fucking the Arctic. And then by the time I got to Italy, it was just water. It was just water. <laughs> it's like, what is this shit? I ordered ice. <laughs> I paid for it. <laughs> I paid for us. And there was nothing you could do. You can't send it back into the kitchen because the kitchen is 1,300 miles to the north. I want some Arctic Ocean water. <laughs> I have no use for this. That's why you had to pickle everything. <laughs> to someone in the 14th century ordering ice and it comes out of the... And like and like thinking that like once it gets to you like it's just going to be a huge come up you know what I mean? you sit down at the restaurant like hmm I don't know last time I got it it gave me gas but you know what I'm going to do it fuck it I want the ice soup I want the ice soup and they bring it out and it's just water and it's like we're sorry madame yeah. <laughs> this is all we had in the back we're so sorry she's like ah and like she gets on like the 14th century equivalent of Yelp. Yeah. And etches a, a, it's like in the town square. She yeah. etches a one star. They gave me water. <laughs> when I asked to speak to the manager, <laughs> it wasn't even cold. It could have at least been cold water yeah. Yeah. to indicate that it had once been ice. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, well, the death of four members of the nobility was sufficiently important to ensure that the event was recorded. Uh, this is where it sent me down a whole rabbit hole on illuminated manuscripts, and that's why my background on my phone is an illuminated manuscript. But that's an that's a Muslim one, because the Muslim illuminated manuscripts are way in my in my opinion the manuscripts. I think they're superior in some ways, but then again, I do like the European ones too. They're good. Wow, the illuminated man manuscripts are like when in high high school. You would draw the fucked up S, the weird S, you know, in the Yeah, the margins. classic notebook The classic S. notebook S. Yeah. Or the anarchy symbol, or the fucking edgy guys would do the Nazi symbol. But, like, that's basically... I, I did the Wu-Tang uh, oh. clan thing. Damn, that's unique. I was, I was called into the office over it. <laughs> what? They, yeah, they, they were concerned that uh, I had certain symbols drawn on my notebook that... 
or concerning. <laughs> I did have three six mafia on there too, so that might have been mm, that might have been out. Well, before we go, I just want to show you the. I didn't show you this at the beginning, but this is a contemporary. This is a fifteenth century depiction of this event. Look at all the men covered in flames. This guy's trying to take off his flames. He's trying to remove the flames. And from is that their? Wait. He's trying to. That's their wild. Did men they drop suits. their clubs? They dropped their clubs. Yeah. Why is there like a little shat, a little Scotty dog? There's a Shih Tzu running around. Yeah, there's like a little Shih Tzu. How to say? One of those little yappy dogs. And people are. They just, had them even back then, brother. Here's what my question is: Why didn't certain party goers like? Exit the room. They were still playing. Look at the balcony. There's players in the balcony playing a jam. And they're like, my God, man, can't you see we're ablaze? They're like, Cantina band, Star Wars. Yes. Like, where's where's Charles at under his aunt's skirt? Yeah, let's see. Let's see if we can find the aunt. Maybe that's him. Yeah, that's got to be him. Let me see. That's him right there. You can see his head. There's his aunt in her skirts, and she's shielding him right there. It's well known. It's Damn. a well known th- story that he hid in his aunt's skirts. <sighs> Buddy, tell you something. If you're going to dance with the wild man, you got to go down with That's him. That's true. Lest you be immortalized as a coward. That is so true, dude. You got to yeah. go down with the wild men. What if he would? You know, he had a chance to alter the course of history a little bit there. He could have said, no, no, auntie. I go, the captain goes down with his ship. And, just, and, and his last he, he moment of insanity. Yeah, he just throws off the, and jumps in there and dances to his death with his boys. That would have been tight. You're right. He, well, and he must not have understood glass, because if he thought he was made of glass, surely he wouldn't have been worried about catching on fire. <laughs> he didn't have, didn't have a thorough grasp of how that works, does No, he? I guess not. But maybe we do, we'll get a commenter saying, you guys don't have a thorough con- grasp of how it works because glass at 375 degrees Celsius centigrade starts entering into the molten stage. And it's, you'll get to some, that, I say, get some hey, buddy, like grow up. Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> grow up. <laughs> get real. <laughs> get, that's how I'm going to start. When somebody leaves a negative comment, I'm just going to say, get real. Get real. <laughs> 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 Wait, what, you just get what did you say? Talk to the hand. <laughs> Talk <laughs> I'm, bringing, to the... <laughs> I'm bringing that back. <laughs> Talk to the hand. Because the face ain't listening. Why did we face that one out? That was great. You could use that for all kinds of stuff. Hey, like, could you ways... like Biden using that as a press conference? <laughs> well, talk to the hand, Jack. Because <laughs> the face ain't listening. <laughs> What are some others we faced? Like, what were some ways just to... As if. As if, yeah. I don't use as if anymore. Yeah. I, I've heard as if. I've heard some as if coming back. Ugh. As if. It's kind, I kind of like it. It was. It's kind of used in the context of like, hey, baby, why don't you come over later? It's like, ugh, as if. Or like when someone insinuates that you sucked his dick and you're like, ugh, as if, in front of him and all of or, his boys. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Or if... Somebody's actually just repulsed by your visage. <laughs> they may say, <laughs> as if, as if, <laughs> humiliating you in front of the entire class. Oh boy, man, the monk of Sandy. So many great characters in this story we just told. 
You know, the Duke de Orlan. The Duke de Orlan, the, the monk who lied about the testicles, the flaming testicles. Hugo de. I wanted to name a band Flaming Testicles when I was in middle school, but me and my friends decided we probably couldn't get away with that. So yeah. we went with the Screaming Turtleheads instead. Much better. Much better. An improvement. Yeah. It's a little bit more subtle because you don't know what a turtle, you know what I mean, like at all. I was in a, a band once in fourth grade called Flannelhead. <laughs> None of us knew how to play our instruments. That's a fucking dope-ass name, though, dude. Pretty good. Yeah. That's like, what kind of, it's had to have been grunge or some shit. I think that's what the way we were leaning if we would have mm-hmm. stuck it out. Well, that concludes our story of the ball of the wild men, the ball of the burning men. Does that qualify as a dance macabre? I'd say that's a dance macabre. That's a dance macabre if I've ever seen one. In every, in every definition of the term, brother. Yeah. Um, I me personally, I think the big, I think the big uh, villain here is the monk of Saint Denis who lied. He's a fucking lying yeah. bastard. Yeah, it's the deceit that was the most appalling that, part. Yeah, of that's it. the deceit. That's the most yeah. disappointing thing. I hate to be lied to yeah. by a fucking monk. Yeah, by a holy man, no less. The monk's chronicle is generally accepted as essential for understanding the king's court. However, his neutrality may have been affected by his pro-Burgundian and anti-Orleanist stance. Yeah, I could have fucking told you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see, I could, the, the pro-Burgundian was see, seeping through the page. I could just see it. Yeah. You just know one when you see one. Hey, look, that's a fucking pro-Burgundian. I see them. That's a... Bur- Anti-Orleanist? I, I, fucking... I can smell it all over him. <laughs> oh, man. God, I want to tell you something, bro. A French party where men dressed up in resin with flax on them <laughs> and then they were set alive burned alive okay that is the that is the ultimo definition of i know it smell crazy in there that is i know it smell crazy in there personified it's just this weird blend of like Cigarettes, whiskey, body odor, burnt flesh, burnt hair, and just the most noxious perfumes you could imagine. Burnt flask, burnt resin. And then what about that one bastard hiding out in the fucking wine? The wine. <laughs> Heidi is puts his head is it, up. Is it over? <laughs> I'm just being burned alive, screaming. The most agonizing screams, their cocks falling off. And he's like, he's like, and he just, he just kind of like Homer in the bush. He just lowers lowers himself. Check again in a minute. Oh my God, dude. Fucking I laugh so hard. Just, just, (laughs) 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 oh dear. I think that's a good place to end on. I think it's as good as we're going to do. It's as good as it's going to get. If you'd like to hear part one of this story, where we... <laughs> are we going to publish that episode? Let's put it on for the Patreons. Like, look, listen, sometimes we just burn these episodes. Let's just show them what a reject <laughs> looks and sounds All right, like. Let's do it. We'll show you what one that doesn't get off the cutting room floor. <laughs> we'll put it on the Patreon. Yeah. It was partially hot, like, again, like I said, it's partially what what was its downfall was you not having headphones. Uh, yeah. Because I was, like, 
talking. I was boxed out. We were on two different frequencies. We were. I was talking low like this. And I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> I was like, "Why is he? Why is he not speaking?" Because I can hear it in my headphones, you know. Yeah. However, we'll put it out. Yeah. Because we're not fucking scared, motherfucker. No. But if you want to hear it, you're gonna have to go to Patreon. And if you want the Crub Magnum Dick Jug, you're gonna have to go to Patreon. P a t r e o n dot com slash Trailbilly. You want to see of other wonderful content? That's exactly right. See, this is the thing. That's why I like recording in person because I get to talk low under my voice because i'm trying to like undo the first five years of this show where i hated my laugh hated my accent hated my jokes now i can undo it all how you just i can undo just let your freak flag fly i can undo the past yeah the pat (laughs) release it feel it feel it drifting in the wind it's it's all going away it is it's all going away that's right now it's a ball. Now it's a dance macabre. Now it's a, a dance macabre. <laughs> Dear God. All right. <clears throat> please, please go to Patreon. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. You know where to find us. And thank you for listening this week. Uh, if you do have any parties, please do not get in tightly woven hairy man suits with flax and resin. Especially if the boys show up with flaming torches. <laughs> that is not the the good time you think it's going to be. No. Trust, <laughs> trust us. Trust us. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Peace out.